Hello, you lovely folk. Welcome to this week's Red Voices. Thanks for checking in. Almost too much to talk about this week. Goals, extra time, injuries, wins over Anderlecht and Burnley this Sunday afternoon. Top four, Martial, Rudy, Rashford, Paul's belated return to the podcast. Actually, let's just start there. Paul, how the hell are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad, but it's been an absolutely wonderful, wonderful day. I'm not going to lie. We won, City didn't win, and also Liverpool didn't win. Rich, I'm assuming you sort of echo that sentiment. I do. It's a a rare day in the sun, isn't it? It's very, I mean, a a literal rare day in the sun. I mean, actually, to be fair, the last sort of uh, months or so has actually been quite bright around this this isle of ours. But uh, yes, a very, very thoroughly enjoyable Sunday where literally everything that could have gone our way pretty much did. Superb stuff. Right. Richard, let, let's wind our way back to uh, Thursday to begin dissecting this rather incredible week. We've got so much stuff to talk about. Let's begin with the second leg against Anderlecht. Sum up your feelings for me on that <laughs> two hours of football at Old Trafford. Extremely exhausting, I think, was the uh, the ultimate conclusion. But it was a really weird game, wasn't it? We, we, we managed to draw the away leg despite the fact that we were quite clearly considerably better than Anderlecht. You could see, you know, the difference in quality was there for most of the game, mm. and we scored early uh, through Mkhitaryan, and then created two more, you know, really good chances. And you thought, you know, we're going to go on and win this quite comfortably, and then we just proceeded to descend to nonsense for about forty, fifty minutes, and just let Andalek back into the game. And to be honest, for the until really about the sort of sixty-five, seventy-minute mark, once they equalised, they actually looked like the better team and the the, the, the team more likely to score. Uh, and then obviously, as the as the game wore on, the, I guess class and, and energy started to tell, and we were really battering away at the door. But it was it made bloody hard work of a game, which perhaps should have been a lot easier than it was. <laughs> I mean, that's putting it lightly. Let's be quite frank about that. I mean, I counted in that second half alone six six clear cut chances, at least two of which fell to Zlatan Ibrahimovic. God rest his soul. Um, but it was just, it, it was nuts, you know, Anderlecht seemingly around, as you mentioned, that sort of 60, 65 minute mark did a couple of substitutions, which sort of robbed them of any real threat. You know, I think in the second half of extra time, there was one long range shot by Tielemans that Romero spilled. And I think it was perhaps a car ahead, a couple of, uh, deep balls into the box in the second half of extra time that gave us problems. And obviously there was the goal, which, uh, again, it didn't necessarily feel like it was coming, but it didn't necessarily feel like mass- much of a surprise, which was deeply disconcerting considering that we had been so good at creating chances for most of that game and just so utterly, utterly, utterly bloody wretched at finishing basically any of them. But at least the goal was good, Paul. Yeah, the goals. Yeah, the goals were fantastic. The goal, I should say, the, uh, the pass from Pogba from Mkhitaryan was absolutely sublime. That's oh, filth, wasn't it? Oh, it's just beautiful. It's the sort of thing I could just watch all all day, um, and that's the kind of thing we bought him for. But then again, he has. I mean, he's done that quite a few times this season, and just as you say, chances not being taken. But yeah, absolutely fantastic. And then Rashford. I mean, he's a guy playing with a lot of confidence all of a sudden, and that little turn and finish. Just absolutely wonderful. Mm. Quick question on that uh, Rashford second goal. Could you genuinely see it coming in that second half of extra time? Well, in the first or second. Extra time in general, should we say? With this United, not really. I mean, in the past, you always expect United to score. But with all those chances we'd already missed and with, with the way the season sort of panned out with all the draws, I think a lot of United fans would have been thinking, no, we're not going to do this. We're going to go to penalties. And with our... Abysmal record in penalty shootouts. I think we, you know, 
they wouldn't have stood a chance really. So, but then again, Rashford, like I say, he's playing with a lot of confidence, and at the moment with him on the pitch, you just never know. No, this is true. It's not like the victory didn't come without a cost, you know, in several different facets. We'll come on to to those bits and bobs shortly. But it, you know, the the sheer given how long that tie lasted, you know, two hours in that second leg, you know, three and a half hours of football against this side to have only won that tie three two, considering the mountain of chances we created was absolutely ridiculous. You know, I mean, talking about second half chances, Rashford passed to Shaw and then Shaw cut across goal and Langenegaard couldn't quite get the touch in just with the goal essentially gaping, he couldn't quite get there. Rashford around the keeper and he went too far wide. Ibrahimovic in front of goal after Fellaini headed down. Uh, Pogba over from a corner from close range. Carrick allowed to run through at goal and then slice wide Ibrahimovic when Ibrahimovic was clean through. And then Rashford hit the side netting and uh, when he had the chance to pull back. And then there was Pogba's disallowed goal in the extra time uh, after Fellaini's somewhat awkwardly penalised header in extra time. I mean, if that wasn't enough of an indication, my God, that was a frustrating in football. It's, uh, it's our season in microcosm though, isn't it? We just we, we just haven't been able to convert. If we converted even half the chances that we created this season, we, it, would be a very, it would be a very different story, wouldn't it? We'd probably be challenging the title still we just can't finish no it's true well we can't finish this is the thing and we do need to have a chat about what things look like for the rest of the season now considering uh Zlatan is now out for foreseeable future and could potentially be a career end of the injury he suffered just towards full time in that underlet game rich i mean you did a piece for Roman Cooney this week where you were talking about the fact that Rocco's, uh, the impact of Rocco's injury feels a lot better than Ibrahimovic's at this stage. So unpack that a bit for us. You know, specifically, I mean, not saying I disagree, but in what <coughs> way do you feel like Rocco's impact, or sorry, the, the, the impact of losing Rocco is bigger than Zlatan's considering that Zlatan's got so many goals this season? I think that you know, it's, it's been an incredible turnaround for Rocco. The summary was assumed that he was going to go and reported that Mourinho didn't want him. And I think he's just been so instrumental in our change of form, really, from post the Chelsea game. I think he, I think the first game he was he was really drafted at centre back was the Swansea away game with Jones when they were both kind of pulled back because no one else was fit, and he really went from there. And he's just been absolutely exceptional this season. He and and Bailly together particularly make a really really strong partnership, and I, I think we're in the top three defensive records in all clubs in the top five big leagues in Europe. Which is which is pretty impressive, given that I don't necessarily think Mourinho's got the greatest personnel to to achieve that with. But but it says something for Rocco, just just how much he's improved as a player this season, and how much Mourinho's got from him. And I mean, even if even if Smalling and Jones weren't injured, it would still be a huge loss because because both Smalling and Jones have shown they're pretty patchy and prone to mistakes this season, and Rocco has been relatively exemplary for for quite a while. In terms of Ibrahimovic, it's kind of double-edged sword, isn't it? I think he's provided a really essential kind of patch to the the team and the squad, getting us from where we were at the start of the season, perhaps with only a still relatively inexperienced Rashford as a, as a striker and, and Rooney clearly on the wane. And he's uh, so many but <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he scored so many goals for us, so many big goals, so many really important goals, and I think he's won us games that we wouldn't have otherwise won but there's also the flip side which you know some people have argued all season that the way he slows the game down and the way that he's often quite patchy during games in terms of 
holding the ball up and, and his contribution, that it hasn't necessarily been the best sort of focal point for the team. And I think we, we saw against Chelsea last weekend that the, the damage that pace can do up front and the, and the damage that the Rashford's movement could do. And we just I think we just kind of got a glimpse of the future. And what's happened to Ibrahimovic is really, really horrible. I mean, you wouldn't wish that level of injury on anyone, let alone a you know, 35-year-old guy is having an absolutely incredible season. But as a team, I think United might be better served. And I think, again, we saw today with having more pace in attack, more movement, just more space, speed and the ability to break, play counter-attacking. Because that's one of the things, you know, with, with Ibrahimovic, you just can't really play counter-attacking football too effectively. So I just think that, that Rocco's been... Rocco is a big loss to us in a defensive sense. And we're going to have to defend well in the next few weeks, given some of the games we've got. Whereas I think in the short term this season, there is at least life after Ibrahimovic, although his loss is still a big blow for us. Sure. Paul, let's let's bring it over to you. I don't think funny is necessarily the word I would use to describe it, but it's very interesting how things seem to develop. You know, you go back to the League Cup final. I mean, Zlatan was imperious for us on that afternoon. You know, two massive goals. Scored the winner right at the death, you know, helped us win the first trophy of the season. You know, a big step for the club. And at that point, you know, Mourinho sort of coyly saying, why don't United fans go and park out on his, you know, his front lawn to try and get him to sign a new contract. It was very, very clear that United and Jose were so, so keen to get Zlatan to sign for a new contract. And Ibrahimovic was kind of dragging his heels. Not that I say I don't understand why, you know, he essentially wanted some sort of assurance that United would be in the top four and challenging for the major honours. And that has not necessarily arrived, but the tables have kind of turned to a certain extent, haven't they, In that, because of that injury? Oh, yeah, massively. I mean, even if he does recover from this injury, is he going to be the same player? And do United really want him now? Would we, I think after that cup final, you know, obviously we're all really emotional, really happy. And I, I think he, he, he was a really astute signing Zlatan last summer. I think he's delivered massively in terms of his goals and I think the aura and sense of theatre that he's brought and his sort of nous and experience has been vital for United and vital for some of the younger players around him. And some of the players who as well I think were lacking massively lacking confidence after the last couple of years. Um, his arrogance and swagger I think has been crucial for United this season. But at this stage, and I think certainly on the back of the uh, performance against Chelsea and then again today, I know it was only Burnley but still tough place to go. Like Rich says, it, it's a bit of a glimpse into the future. I guess, as well, players like Rashford and Martial suddenly look like they're, they're hitting a bit of form at the right time. If they were still in the, in the in the kind of form they were in earlier in the season and Ibrahimovic got injured, I think we'd we have, be having a very different conversation. But because we know what great players they can't, they could be and can be, would I offer Latin another contract? I'm not sure I would, really. I mean, I know United have offered to, to foot the bill for his medical care, which is the right thing to do. But even if we were guaranteed the Ibrahimovic of this season, if he's going to demand to play every week, you know, up front, or Mourinho is going to pick him every week up front, I'm not sure there's that many United fans who really want him here again next season, which is kind of weird to say given his impact. But I think it's time now, maybe obviously bringing in another striker, maybe, but to give Martial and Rashford and players like that a chance in their preferred positions, because Rashford is not a winger. Martial's a, a better winger than Rashford, but you know these players need to be played in, up front, really. 
because that's where the most dangerous and we've seen it in the last couple of weeks sure I mean I, I, I completely agree if we give Zlatan another contract and he plays any more games for United I don't necessarily think that is the worst thing in the world whatsoever I think you could I, you could definitely get some use out of Zlatan over the second of half course. of next season I wouldn't be against that whatsoever I think we're all very conscious of the fact that we don't want to end up in the situation that we've seen this season where despite scoring 28 goals you've seen countless other instances where we struggle to really get going and we've just drawn games and you know you don't necessarily want to see Zlatan overplayed like he has been this season that's not necessarily his fault I think Mourinho's got to take a large part of the responsibility if not all the responsibility for that he's the one that's picked him far too often and been really incredibly hesitant to take him off I don't think he's substituted him in one game this season he's brought him on you know I mean Looking through the list of the goals that he scored this season, there's countless times where he's influenced the result or been the difference maker. And you can't take that away from him whatsoever. But the fact is, he's been overplayed this season. That's been the big problem. And he hasn't necessarily been as used with Martial and Rashford sort of relegated to the sidelines in quite a big way. And that's not helped them. And in sometimes it's not necessarily helped us to play Ibrahimovic so much. You know, short term, I wouldn't necessarily mind him sticking around the club. You know, it's it's a big, big blow for him to have this happen so late on his career. You know, it could be a career oh, it's, end. It's devastating. Yeah, it absolutely. Is, it it I mean, really is. You know, he's a fantastic player, not just for United, obviously, but throughout his career. And you don't want to see anyone's career end in this way. And I actually do feel quite privileged to have seen him play for United. Yeah. It's not, it's not all been, you know, magnificent stuff, but... It's not only Bohemovic, he is a fantastic player. It's a good luck to him. He's always going to be remembered as a cult figure, isn't he? Yeah, you know, exactly. He looked as, he, mm. We look back and you know you kind of have that one season where you saw him and, and the contribution he made and just the character and the ego that he had. Like we were saying, you know, we should be privileged to see him, but we can see a few, to have seen him, but we can see a future beyond him now. Yeah. And I think that's the important thing, isn't it? It's about moving on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think any of us would necessarily turn our noses up at the prospect of him having a much less reduced role at some point next season. I don't think any of us would mind that. I think what we're all concerned about is basically seeing too much of him and seeing players that we know have a really bright future at this club pushed to the sidelines. Is that fair enough? I think, I think a few players have been inhibited this season. I mean, Paul alluded earlier, you know, essentially Rashford's been shackled to the left wing, literally you know, to the left touchline for most of the season. And at the Anderlecht away game was the first game where he was actually given some license to rope. You know, he, he really had more of a free role. And you, you could see the damage he created. And, and he's played so well, you know, with that sort of free free role in the last few games. And again, Martial today, you know, obviously he's essentially playing up front, but he, he had the license to drift out wide and to, you know, to move across the front line. And it, it clearly really benefited him as well. And I just, I, I think I've always had this suspicion all season that perhaps having having Ibrahimovic as that focal role has inhibited some of the players behind him to a, to a degree. So mm. yeah, it will be it will be interesting to see if those those other players you know continue to blossom now that he's not there. Yeah, I think essentially the injury, if it had to happen, it's come at the right time of the season really. Because I think earlier in the season, you know, he was a crucial player for us, Ibrahimovic. But now I think there's a sense that we. We don't need him as much as we did, basically. Yeah, nail on the head. I mean, just before we move on to uh, Sunday's game, we'll have a quick... uh, (laughs) Let's just marvel at those two goals again. I mean, Paul, you mentioned that pass from Pogba to Rashford to set up Mkhitaryan. Great finish from Mkhitaryan, but that pass, that was Ander to Rashford against Chelsea levels of absolute beauty. 
he's been uh, pretty damn good of late as old Paul Pogba, and oh, yeah, it's been, been really fantastic. good to watch. And <laughs> let's also appreciate the aesthetic beauty of Daily Blind pinging long balls forward to Marouane Fellaini. I quite like that combination, and Blind is really, really good at doing that. Great little ball from him, having come in uh, for Rocco in the first half after Rocco got, took that injury. And again, let's hope we'll see him back again soon. Again, something that I didn't necessarily think I'd say, but he's, as you said, he's been imperious this season. Anyway, yeah, Blind up to Fellaini, Fellaini up to Rashford, knocked down, turned inside, skinned two defenders in one foul swoop. And what a lovely finish into the bottom corner. You know, we really didn't make that game particularly easy for ourselves in any shape or form. Or well, the whole tie, pretty much. But We can't we can't leave the Anderlecht game behind without mentioning the Rabona cross from Rashford as well. Oh, that was a bit ridiculous, wasn't it? It's just the technique was absolutely unbelievable. Uh, it would have been one of the greatest goals I think any of us have ever seen. Shame he didn't go in. Yes, yes, Paul, the Rabona was a bit ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> and a lovely overhead kick from Pogba. That would have been a, a particularly memorable goal had it not been blocked by Anderlecht's defence. And they did a hell of a lot of that, admittedly, on Thursday night. But yeah, two hours of football, you know, having dragged ourselves through extra time and somehow avoided penalties despite seemingly our best efforts and willingness to drop off towards the end. Three days later, we're over off to Turf Moor to try and score our very first goal against Burnley at their home ground in the Premier League era. At that point, you know, Rocco and Ibrahimovic both, you know, essentially confirmed that they were going to be out for some time. What we were seemingly more concerned about were names on the back of our training tops, Rich. <laughs> Where do you stand on that one? That appeared to make lots of people really angry, didn't it? I think I think it's the sort of thing which is just completely inoffensive, but that we'd probably mock other teams for, but not with particularly good reason. This is true. I mean, what it seemed, what people seem to have gotten really annoyed about was seemingly because Liverpool and City had done something similar. Liverpool were wearing shirts in support of uh, someone who got done for horrible racist abuse. <laughs> and as far as Gundogan goes, I mean, there's kind of an understanding there, but backward shirts in the lineup is a little bit too much of a stretch. This was United wearing training tops with names of their two mates who had just suffered incredibly serious injuries in one night. It seemed fair enough why people were getting so het up about it, especially considering all the other multitude of things you could be getting worried about. It just seemed a little bit excessive. Plus, people people have to be angry about something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't too bad. I mean, we've seen worse. But yeah, um, the lineup was an interesting one. I mean, it. it uh, I say it was an interesting one. I pretty much called the whole damn thing. Go me. You did. You did actually call it. I did. I mean, the only thing I got wrong was Ashley Young uh, for Timothy Fossey Mensa. And that was pretty much my exact lineup. So I think you made the mistake there of, ex- of thinking that Mourinho might throw in a, a teenager for a game of any significance whatsoever. Exactly. It was my own fault, though, yeah, wasn't it? it? Was. Because he actually did say that Ashing was almost definitely going to play. So if I'd have gotten that one, then I would have called it 11 for 11. Yeah. Just, just goes to show, though, you, and this, this man- management lot's pretty easy, isn't it? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't know what everyone's moaning about. It's piece of piss. Leonard, hashtag Leonard in. <laughs> 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 no one needs that in their life. Not even on Football Manager. Come on. Uh, Rich, before the game, we were talking about uh, not starting Rashford. Yeah, I, I'd sort of mentioned that it seemed like the most natural decision in the world to not start him because I felt like Mourinho felt like he could win this game without using him or at least without starting him. But you felt a little bit differently. Yeah, obviously, completely wrongly. <laughs> I, ju- I just I just felt that I think Rashford's been on the roll and you know the only alternative for that was, was pushing Martial up front, which isn't necessarily it wasn't 
in mm. fact, about thing at all. But, you know, we're down in numbers so far now that it just felt like we can't really afford to drop any points or to leave players out, really. And, you know, Burnley have been so strong at home. We've actually only lost to, I think, City, Arsenal and Spurs at home. I might, I might, might be wrong. They've won 10 of their 16 home games prior to this. Yeah, I mean, either way, our away form was really good and their home form was very, very good too. So it was a bit of a concern as to how we actually were going to get through that game, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, Obviously, we left Mkhitaryan out again. Mourinho seems to be certain that he can only play one game a week, which, you know, who are we to argue? And it's it's interesting as well. Obviously, Valencia is carrying a knock, which means he can't really play more than once a week. So there's a concern. There was a concern on the right-hand side as well that we'd lose a lot of our our attacking threat. Mourinho seems to be becoming slowly becoming a fan of Darmian, who I think has, has proved himself to be quite versatile and quite useful all season. But but I mean, you know, playing him at right back, we obviously you obviously lose something in an attacking sense opposed to Valencia. But in the end, we didn't worry at all because it turned into being one of the most comfortable wins of the season. I'd say it was very old mm. old school United in terms of how comfortable it was, wasn't it? Really, we just totally dominated the game. Like didn't give them a sniff. The difference pace makes, say, though, being able to counter attack was essentially the, the deciding factor in their game. I'd say, you know, when when have we last scored a goal like the uh, like the Martial goal, you know, end to end in about five seconds? Not for a while, I don't think. No. It sounds it sounds cruel when he's when he's injured, but it, I feel more excited about the prospect of watching United without Ibrahimovic at the moment, just because I think we really have got the opportunity to see Martial and Rashford flourish. And it was just really nice to see Marshall, yeah. you know, grab that opportunity with both hands to demonstrate to Mourinho that he really has got a lot of talent and a lot of drive, and he's good enough to to play for him. And they had they hugged yeah. each other on when he went off, which obviously means they're like yeah. besties. Yeah, there was never any never any problem. We'll, we'll arrive at the uh, the first goal, that wonderful counter attack, uh, in a minute or so. Uh, Paul, we've got to make special mention of the man who was given the honour of captaining the side in the tombola today, Wayne Rooney. <laughs> uh, uh, as did, did. clear indication of a couple of bits and bobs, <laughs> one that there's perhaps a role for Rooney in between what seems to be uh, now and the rest of his time at United because it seems like it's coming to an end at the end of the season. And a dis- yeah. and also an example that he could actually provide something of some note when we could really use a goal or two. Well, he's quite right too. I mean, he should do. He's a very experienced player. And all right, he's obviously not, not the same Wayne Rooney that he was years ago when he was you know scoring 30 goals a season or whatever. But I don't think we would expect that from a, from Wayne Rooney at 30. But... You know he should be he should be able to offer us something. He's still a good player, um, and I think he you know he took his goal, his goal was a little bit lucky maybe, but I thought he took it pretty well, and I thought he played okay. Rooney, he was blowing quite a lot second half. I think he struggled in the last sort of twenty twenty five. Yeah, he was, yeah, he will do that, won't he? I mean, he's not he's not played really for quite a while, not, so he's bound to be pretty tired. But I thought he did all right, really. I thought it, oh, just throughout the team, I thought it was, you know it was a really professional performance, did enough. Sort of killed the the crowd a little bit quite early on. Uh, can I just mention Fellaini? I think he's been absolutely outstanding recently, and I never thought I'd say that either. Are you feeling all right? Yeah, honestly, I'm. I'm not, I don't know if it's. I've got a bad shoulder. I don't know if maybe it's the drugs, but um, <laughs> it's not just against Burnley. I thought he was fantastic against Chelsea as well. And yeah, again, he's another one. He's never going to be a classy player, particularly. But Mourinho seems to be able to get the best out of. Players who you know maybe aren't you wouldn't think would be good enough. I mean, Ashley Young, I think he's done okay since he's come back into the team, and obviously Valencia's been fantastic this season. Rocco, all players who we thought you know whose career United careers we thought were probably 
if not over them, petering out. And they're all they're all doing really well for him. So he's obviously doing something right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been nice to see the more, the, I guess, marginalised is the best way to describe it. The ones who we haven't necessarily seen so much of this season. You know, Fellaini has come into the side and whilst we all know he's got his drawbacks, he's still <laughs> trying his little heart out and it's beautiful to <laughs> see. And Ashley Young has got a real, I don't know, it, it seems like he's he's playing with a point to prove, which is superb. And then when you combine that with the likes of Bai, who is just... He's powering through this season. It's incredible to watch. I mean, he must be absolutely wiped out. You know, he's playing each yeah. and every minute for us at the moment. And against Burnley, I mean, to be fair, he had what? Martial and Pogba in competition for a man of the match? I would, you know, apart, apart from the fact that Martial, you know, set a goal up and scored another one, you would have probably have given that man of the match award to Bailey. He was absolutely fantastic fantastic today so good to watch it's everything about his game though isn't it as a defender I mean he's still very young and maybe he has his moments of naivety mm. but he you know he reads the game so well he's, he's strong tough no nonsense and what a signing he is I mean we've really got a gem there and, and he's still so young as well yeah I mean it's instances like when yeah it's when it's when Blin got knocked off the ball I think it was by Andre Gray on the touchline and, you know, that will happen to Daily Blint. You know, that's not necessarily a new thing. We're all aware of this. You know, physical attribute and his strength is not necessarily a strong point, quite literally. But it's by his knowledge and experience, or at least his reading of the game, that means he doesn't go out and run straight towards the player who has the ball. He will hold fast, make sure he's in a good position, and he ends up clearing it. You know, so many instances like that have occurred over the last couple of weeks. His reading of the game is absolutely superb. He's such an incredible athlete as well, though, isn't he? Just just everything about him. He's he's mm. he's got the pace to to get back or to get into a, you know to change position really quickly. He's got the agility. He can, you know he can change direction very quickly. He's got an incredible leap. He's he's just an all round athlete. And I think the last season or two we've been a bit guilty at times of sort of over eulogising the likes of kind of Chris Smalling or someone like that when, when we've had a reasonably good defensive <laughs> record. It's all we've had, Rich. Come on. <laughs> but I, I think we've for, we've kind of forgotten what a really classy centre back looks like, and now we've got buys. It's apparent yeah. to us again the sort of standard we should be expecting. Mm. You can you can really see it in him. I mean, you know, like, like I say, he is he's still young. He just looks like a proper defender and a proper footballer. And it's just great to have a player like him in the team. When he went down towards the end, I was just thinking, oh God, no, please no. Yeah, well, there was a bit of a worry with a couple of bits and bobs like that. I mean, Mourinho was again for me. This, this, you know, it's not necessarily something that's going to wind everyone up, but it wound me up to hell. The fact that Pogba played pretty much ninety minutes of that game is just daft to me. I don't understand why he was kept on for that long. Carrick could easily have come on about ten, fifteen minutes sooner, and it avoided him potentially mm-hmm. pulling up and maybe missing the derby. Just in a couple yeah, of these instances, I'm just not necessarily sure that. The management of the player's fitness is as good as it could be. You know, a couple of instances where Mourinho was also talking about if I was Smalling or Jones, and I'd be ready and wanting to play on Thursday. And I'd, I'm not. I'm really skeptical of that approach. Yeah. I don't think yeah. it really helps, especially when you're dealing with players who really do have problems with their fitness and staying fit and staying clear of injury. You know, I get what he's trying to do to a certain extent, but on the other hand, that's no guarantee that it's going to work. But then again, you know, we're talking about not guaranteed to work. We've seen Mourinho get at Mkhitaryan and Shaw with results to a certain extent. And Rich, there's an argument to say that he definitely got his desired result out of Martial with that performance today. How well did he play? He was 
he was exceptional, wasn't he? I think I guess he was kind of the Martial we we remember, and I think a lot of that was to do with the fact that he was just given the freedom to to play, the freedom to roam. You know, he was playing as essentially as a striker, but he could roam. He put, he dropped off to the left. He appeared on the right at times, and I think he's had a similar problem to to Rashford earlier in the season that he's been given a, a, a very restrictive role on the left hand side when he's played, and it's very difficult for him to really demonstrate the full array of his ability in that position. He was the one player last season that Van Gaal just seemed to allow to go out and play, just, just to do his thing, to roam and to take players on, and really to try and try and win games. And I think we've seen today the benefits of allowing him to do that again. As I said earlier, we've, we've seen a, a counter-attacking goal, the likes of which we really haven't seen for two or three seasons, really. Mm. Martial versus Barton was a bit of a mismatch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. You know, the moment Barton decided... <laughs> Barton's the one player you'd think would just take one for the team, wouldn't you? Yeah, but absolutely. For, for whatever reason, he just he just didn't. And once once Martial had gone, he'd gone. But I, I don't think you can underestimate the quality of the, the ball back to Martial from Herrera. Mm, first time. He had to thread that through either needle between two two defenders for, for Martial to, to, to get hold of it and, and tow it home. It was an exhilarating goal, and we haven't seen too many exhilarating goals for a while. And it, it was just—it showed, I think, the the quality in the lungs of Herrera this season, and the qualities we can get from Martial if we give him a freer role. Yeah, and put a little bit bit of pace around him as well. You know, the likes of Lingard and Ashley Young still pretty quick, and Herrera himself isn't isn't too sluggish. So putting a bit of pace throughout the team, throughout the attack, it, it just makes such a huge difference. Pace is good, in my opinion. I'm quite happy with it. I <laughs> also did very much enjoy. Pogba mugging off two Burnley defenders at the same point to set up what eventually turned into the uh, the winning goal. I mean, there weren't there wasn't really a lot more to grab out of that game. I think what it signified for me was how important it is to get that sort of performance out of United going forward into the next season. You know, we, we all loved that Chelsea game. It was amazing to watch, partly because it was so surprising and partly because it showed a template for what United can do in those big games with this current squad under Mourinho. You know, it's really, really encouraging for the future. But a game like today is encouraging in a different way because this is the sort of instance that we really struggled to deal with over the last couple of years in which, you know, we might be a little bit leggy, we might be a little bit tired, we might be carrying a couple of injuries, all those sort of different bits and bobs, perhaps getting in the way of us of this being an ideal situation or an ideal game, you know. And we have started the game relatively brightly we haven't necessarily blown a team away but we have done more than enough to win you know we've taken our chances we've been clinical that word clinical you know how rarely have we been able to use that in these sort of games this season three four chances i think over the entirety of the game and i think we took two of them you know it's just so good to see united manage that game as well as that well, we it? have been clinical away from home all season it's just been at home that's the problem it's just it's absolutely bizarre it's almost like it's become a or it became a, a psychological issue because, as I say, our waveform has been excellent, and we have, generally speaking, been pretty clinical. Certainly in the last few last few months, and you know, to, as you say, today we we probably had three or four really decent chances and scored two of them, which is a good a good ratio. That's a ratio I'm very very happy with. Indeed, mm. I'll take it. Yeah, Paul, what have you made of this last week in particular? Has it surprised you the way in which United have gone about their business in the last week? Um, yes and no. I mean, going into the Chelsea match, I didn't really expect us to win. But having said that, I've I've sort I've kind of felt that these kind of performances have been coming really all season. 
you know, because it has literally just been pretty much solely down to, to a poor chance conversion that we that we're struggling so much to even to make make the top four. Yeah. So against Chelsea, we put away you know two of our chances. Against Burnley, we put away two of our chances. I think this gives us real momentum now for the for the for the running for the well the top four running. Um, and then <laughs> hopefully going. I know it's just I hate even saying it, but um, yeah, I know. and then hopefully to, to you know carry over to next season as well because you know maybe with a few more astute signings and stuff. I, I, I genuinely think that United aren't a million miles away from t- challenging for a title. It's just a case. It's just been a case of poor finishing for, for you know so many of those those bad results this season. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the big things that you mentioned there was that we've been close, but I think what that Chelsea game and perhaps the performances over the last week have shown is that we're not quite as far away from being able to compete on a consistent level, you know, domestically than we thought, you know, I think that, I mean, Richie mentioned performances away from home have been very, very good, you know, where I think we're second or third in the entire league for amount of points away from home, which is great. You know, it's the home form that's been the big problem, but I think that Chelsea game in particular showed us that we have, the tools and the capability to to mess it up with the big guns, you know, to to play those teams, to yeah, to play Chelsea, to play Spurs, to go to Anfield and get positive results, and you know, be a force again. And I think because we don't necessarily have the template to do that, that's been the big, that's been kind of one of the big pieces that we've needed to discover. And I think we're closer to figuring out how everything's going to fit together going forward, which is great because you know, there's been times this season where um, many of us weren't necessarily sure of what we were going to be seeing, you know, how easily everything was going to slot together and what, how it was going to work, which is great. And Rich, you know, we're thinking back to this time last week, me and you talking after the Chelsea game, and we had a question about, does this sort of throw open things to the top four? I think it's fair to say, given results today and the fact that Liverpool lost at home to Palace, it's thrown it wide bloody open now, hasn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think we may have, gained a small psychological advantage today with City not playing and obviously they were then playing extra time and losing at Wembley. In theory, they may be more tired for the for the derby in the week than we are and we're obviously mm. coming into it on a, on a real high. I, I think for us, things could really come down to what happens at the Etihad. I think if we lose that game, then we're, we're struggling again. I think it's, it's, it's a, an issue. I think if we draw that game, then we're still went well in it and if we win it, we really are in with a shout. I mean, the remarkable thing is that it's actually in our hands now. If we were to win all of our remaining games, we're in the top four, and that hasn't been the case all season. So, you know, we're much closer than we've been at any point. Yeah, and I think it also feels like we've got we've got a bit of momentum behind us now as well, doesn't it? And and I think, especially with the Chelsea result, you feel that there's a real sense of self-belief coursing through the team as well now, and the fans as well. Suddenly things feel like they're coming together a bit, and the likes of Paul Pogba, who I think has been quietly very, very good, in the last two uh, league games in particular, and the likes of Rashford, Martial, hopefully coming into some form and stuff. So it does feel like we've got a really good chance again now. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you said there, momentum, and I think that's something that we kind of struggle with at different points during the season to maintain. It feels like we've actually got it now. You know, As, as you mentioned there, Rich, City played two hours of football today, and then obviously is not too much of a travel issue for them because they'll just be going back up from London. But, you know, that is going to be... Guardiola's first ever season in management without a trophy. City now are just scrapping for top four. I think it's going to make it a really fascinating and intense and horribly horrifying experience on Thursday night 
in that derby. I can't say I'm looking forward to it, to it at all. You know, I, I, one thing I do think in terms of coming into that game, I would much rather be you know supporting a club with Mourinho, given his streak in this sort of game and this sort, and his desire to be up for such a battle, coming on the back of a couple of wins for United, than I would like to be a City fan with that game at home with Guardiola and that City team just being knocked out of the FA Cup semi-final. Yeah, and I think if I was a City fan looking at United now and seeing the way Rashford's been playing, the way Martial played today, I would have concerns that that, that their defence could be extremely vulnerable indeed. United, you know, United now have 23 games unbeaten in the Premier League, which is absolutely ridiculous if you think, to think about it. We've not conceded a shot on target in the last two leagues, which... I think it was the first time Chelsea hadn't had a shot on target for a decade. And it's the first time ever in the Premier League era mm-hmm. that Burnley have not had a shot on target at home. So we're clearly very, very hard to beat. And we've got some pretty dangerous and dynamic attacking players now. City have got their own, you know, City have got a lot, lot of quality as well. And they could well beat us, but I wouldn't be relishing that game if I was them. And I'm quite excited about the prospect of it as a United fan. Yeah, that that makes me that makes me instantly worried though when you say that when when you yeah there's plenty of reasons to be worried but hold on a minute oh god it's the derby at City help oh I think mean, Paul how do you view it going into Thursday night's game I mean I guess today's results do definitely put a bit of a context on it but it's such a massive massive tie in the context of what we're going for this season isn't it It's absolutely huge like, it, enormous um, but I, like Rich I'm actually quite looking forward to it. And I know what you mean, like it feels a bit dangerous saying that, but we all know that City can be got at. I mean, you know, their goalkeeping situation has been abysmal this season. Their defence can be absolutely shambolic. And, you know, given that they've lost today in the, in the FA Cup semi-final, you wonder how they're going to react to that. There's a bit of maybe um, a sense that Pep's aura has diminished slightly this season. And United, like I said, have got the momentum. So, you know, as, as long as we go there and play our game and, and really to try to attack City, I think we we could we could get a result there. If we go mm. and sort of try and sit back, play you know, return to that kind of slow game that we've been playing all season, then I think we'll struggle a little bit. But I feel fairly confident. I mean, I guess the good thing is as well because we do have those two games in hand over Liverpool. We don't necessarily have to win to go above them by the time they play next. You know, we've got Swansea at home on a Sunday afternoon at twelve, and then Liverpool play Watford on the Monday night. So there's still a way for us to overtake them without. You know, making sure we blast open the doors of the Etihad and get a result in that derby. So it's going to be very interesting to see how we get through that one. Rich, quick word on Celta Vigo, uh, the semi-final of the Europa League. Seems to be a bit of a mixed reaction. Some people saying it's uh, the easiest of the three in terms of uh, the teams we could have drawn with uh, Ajax and Leon making it the other semi-final. Some people seem to think it's the most difficult. What do you make of it? I think the the three options were probably much of a muchness. I think if I had to avoid somebody, it would have been Leon. I mean, Celta Vigo, a, a pretty middling La Liga team. If we don't, I think with any of the any of the three options, if we if we don't turn up on any given day, we could get beaten. They just crept past the seventh place team in the Belgian league. Um, they've got um, Pioni Sisto, if you remember from um, FC Midgetland last year, who was the one player that that really looks quite handy on their team. Oh. They've scored as many goals as United have this season, which isn't necessarily saying very much. But they've they've conceded over fifty goals this season. They're, they're very defensively leaky and I think if we really mm. get at them we can score goals and I'd be reasonably confident of getting through to the final famous last words yeah that'd be great I mean to be fair Rich I, I was kind of putting you on the spot there just to see if you'd done much research and you knocked it out of the park there my friend superb work 
I'm so glad you went to Rich. I, I had, because I, I was having an argument with someone on Twitter about it, so I, I was forced to, to resort to Google. <laughs> That's a pretty good job. I, I, I'll give you that one completely, my friend. You, you, you've earned your brownie points this evening. Right. Let's round off with a couple of Twitter questions before we finish off this week's episode. So, Paul, at Charlinado asks, hypothetically, if everyone was fit, who would your attacking options be? He'd go with a front three of Martial, Rashford and Mkhitaryan. Personally, what do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I'd probably go along with that as well. Although I do think Lingard's played well recently. I think they're, they're our most, like, like our three, in terms of attacking players, I think they're our most sort of talented, naturally gifted players, really. And they're also very quick. This is very true. Uh, Rich, Andrew Dayton asks, uh, should the club give Zlatan a little bit of sorry you're injured money? Um, that's a hard one, really, isn't it? I think, that, as we said earlier, I'm sure they'll they'll pay for his treatment. All his insurance will pay for his treatment. Absolutely no doubt that Mourinho would let him come back to the club during his rehabilitation and work out with us. I'm not sure, we, you know, he's a ridiculously wealthy man. I'm not sure that we particularly need to give him money to say sorry. You know, he, will, he will have insurance for that. You know, to a, to a degree, I think he's he's been a bit of a victim of his own of his own inability to commit to a to a new contract. You know, it's cruel what's happened, but he he did kind of have us hanging on. You know, he could have signed that contract already and, and have had his money guaranteed. So no, I don't think we should give him a sorry for getting injured money. But I'm sure we'll help him as much as he needs in his rehabilitation. Sure. Christopher Davis has got an interesting one here. He said he was concerned about Jose's man management tactics beforehand. But is it a necessary evil right now? Despite our league position, United are still a massive club and players can either deal with the pressure or not. Now, that's an interesting one. I don't find myself enjoying the way in which that he talks about Martial or uh, Mkhitaryan or Shaw. You know, I mean, I'm just going to nip back to some of our tweets from earlier on today. You know, there was a, a very, very interesting quote from Mourinho post-match, which was, Today Martial showed appetite and attitude we're pleased that we have a new player until the end of the season. And I'm sorry, that, that's just basically crapping all over his contribution for the season up to this point. And I'm really not down with that sort of talk. I don't think that really helps. You know, I know that he likes to be a little bit sly and wind people up. And, he, you know, he's basically built a career in some cases of, you know, rubbing people up the wrong way. But those sort of comments, and Rich, you know, you and I spoke about what he was saying about Shaw in terms of he was playing with my brain. You know, it, it's not particularly edifying. If it gets results, then I guess, you know, the, there's there's maybe not too much of a reason to object. But that's not necessarily to say that we have to enjoy the process of him grabbing or dragging this extra 10, 15, 20% out of his players. I didn't, I didn't like the Smalling and Jones comments today. I know you felt the same about that. I'm not mm. sure it's necessarily productive putting huge pressure on players who are injured, and obviously every every injury is different, and every and players generally know where their you know where their bodies are at. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't. There's not. I don't think there's a black or white answer to that, is there? I think sometimes he's perhaps done things that are a bit dubious, and sometimes he's done things which may have motivated players. You know, he tends to just use the stick. Sometimes the stick will work, and sometimes the carrot's needed, but he just doesn't use it. I suppose. I suppose in the end, results matter, don't they? And he's he's getting results. So, what do you reckon, Paul? And Martial, to be honest with you, hasn't been very good this season. Like, it, and I'm not, sh- I'm not sure he was really. I suppose there was kind of an, a veiled criticism of Martial in what he said today, but I think in Mourinho's world, he was complimenting Martial today. You know, that was like that's what goes for goes for a really big compliment in Mourinho's world. I think I, I don't like some of the, the things he's come out with this season. To be perfectly honest with you, but like you say, if it gets results, I suppose this is true. A uh, couple on a similar vein here, Ben Smith. And uh, Chris McGuffin have questions about uh, 
Martial and Rashford. So Ben asks, uh, does Mourinho start Martial and Rashford at top against City? And Chris asks, uh, is a two-striker setup of Rashford and Martial too much to ask, even with our injuries? Uh, Rich, I'll leave that with you. What do you reckon? I don't know whether playing both as uh, two up front is necessarily the right idea. I think you, we can play an attacking three with those two as part of it, and and they have a relatively all have relative freedom to to interchange positions and really sort of drag defences around. What was the first bit of the question? Uh, ben was asking whether or not Martial and Rashford should start up against top against City. Yeah, I think they should. I wouldn't be surprised if, or I wouldn't mind if we started with a sort of Rashford, Martial, Lingard front three. Um, I think Lingard, as Paul said, done pretty mm. well the last. I mean, Mkhitaryan didn't start this game. No. I'm assuming with because he was going to be starting on Thursday. To be honest, yeah. I mean, Martial had a really, really good game at the Etihad last year when we won one nil. Um, he really dragged the City defence about and he made a lot of space and um, was quite impressive. I suspect, as you say, I, I reckon Mourinho won't play him. Um, which I think will be a shame, and we'll probably see Mkhitaryan instead. So Mkhitaryan, Rashford, and Lingard, I'd say, probably with front three. Yeah, um, no, I agree with Rich. I think that's probably how it will go. It, it seems like Lingard. I think Lingard. He's an intelligent player, Lingard. Uh, I don't know. Re, uh, Rashford and Martial up front as a two. I just don't think there's any need to do that. Really, I think it's really too too similar. But yeah, in a three, definitely, hundred percent. Why not? Uh, Stephen Roberts. Last question of the night asks: uh, Would we be better off? Or worse, without Zlatan's goals this season, but playing with pace up front, as we have against Chelsea and Burnley. Paul, kick us off. Well, we just, first of all, we don't know. Uh, we never will know. But um, I think, like I said before, I think at the ta- earlier in the season, I think Zlatan was really important for us. I think maybe even until he got suspended, he was uh, not just for his goals, but for, for everything about his game, his personality, his analysis and everything. He was really crucial for us. And also, I think... During that time, Marcel and Rashford both looked a little bit out of sorts. So, I think his goals have been crucial for us this season, absolutely. What do you reckon, Rich? Yeah, I agree with Paul. I think he, as I said earlier, I think he's been the patch. I think he carried us through a period when Mourinho was kind of team building and trying to find the right combinations and trying to work out who the, who, who his best players were. I think his ego, his character has, has been really important to a lot of the a lot of the other players, particularly in the first five or six months of the season, I think as we said already, that we've got to a point now where I don't necessarily think that his loss is as huge as it would have been. And, and, and I can see a way forward for the rest of the season without him, whereas perhaps I couldn't see that way forward in the early months of the season without his goals. I, it, he's been great and he's an enigma and we'll, we'll always remember his contribution, but I think we're ready to move on now. Yeah, he also he helps to restore a bit of a bit of fear factor in the United team, yeah. at least, you know. Yeah. And also, almost like I think his his arrogance and and ego, like Rich says, I think it's kind of that kind of thing can, can be infectious and give belief to to the players around him. So I think in that respect as well, he, he was crucial. But yeah, time probably to move on now. Hmm. I mean, I think if we're going to talk beyond Zlatan, you're not necessarily talking about the players that we could bring in, but the players that we have. One player that I think could definitely benefit from not necessarily playing with Latin anymore, not that he's really struggled so far, would be Pogba. You know, I think mm. that it would allow him a bit more freedom and a bit more license and just a bit more flexibility in terms of what he can do if he's not necessarily having to stick to similarly rigid tactics in that sort of way. Because I think there's definitely... United are much less flexible when Zlatan plays. And again, you know... <sighs> 
that's opening us up to a world of criticism because look, 28 goals is not to be sniffed at. And as I said, I looked through the entire video of the goals that he scored, and we're talking about got a brace against Southampton, you know, the goal against Zoya Luhans that actually won us the game. Brace against Swansea, equalised against Liverpool, hat trick against Sanetien, two goals in the uh, sorry the League Cup final against Southampton. You know, his record this season in terms of scoring in big games is massive. But when things aren't working, it's really clear that they're not. And I think that Pogba is one you could really benefit from playing with a bit more of a mo- more mobile foil. Yeah, I mean, as we saw in the Anderlecht game, um, and again today, you know, Pogba is brilliant at through balls, brilliant at long balls over the, over defence, picking passes between defenders. And I think he really benefits from having players with pace and movement. To, to pick out and whilst uh, Pogba to Ibrahimovic has been one of the most our most regular goal scoring contributions this season I think we've been limited because I think every time Pogba's looked up he's looked for Ibrahimovic for quite a long time and I think now he's got a number of options he's got runners we've got we've got pace he's got more players who are free of their marker to, to look for and I think that's where where we're really going to see his class because all of those passes he's making are actually making a difference. They're, they're contributing to, to goals, even if they're not the immediate assist. And I think he will benefit a lot from our forward line being more dynamic and more mobile. Super. Right, gentlemen, we've spoken for an hour so far this evening, so let's finish it off with a couple of score predictions. Uh, City on Thursday. Uh, Rich? Uh, one all. One all. One all. No, it won't be too bad. Paul? Uh, 3-1 United. Brave. <laughs> Brazen. Beautiful. Out. I love it. Going I mean, it's out. not going to happen, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure spending this evening with you. Thank you so much for joining me. Don't forget, guys, you can get us all over the interwebs. You can get us at www.redvoices.net for all our weekly writing. You can get Paul at, at PaulGunning1. You can get Rich at, at RichardCan76. You can get me at, at you and Lennart. You can get the pod at RedVoicesMUSC. And you can get next week's episode after we've hopefully moved up into those glorious top four places in the Premier League after Swansea uh, visit Old Trafford next Sunday. Here's hoping, fingers crossed, touch wood, do all that shebang. You make sure you have yourselves a fantastic week in the process. We will speak to you soon. Good night. Good night.